barbecue back there, and you didn't invite me. Hurt my feelings. You'll be pleased to know this is the last time I'm hosting. I don't care anymore. Um, I'm joking. I never did. Braxton Miller's loose spin move. Miller heading for the end zone. You're in no position to left to the public about anything. You know nothing about the real world. He'll run it after the 10, 15, 20. 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Lucky for me, the press can barely speak English. But they are who we thought they were. Well, he has trouble with the snap. And the ball is free. It's picked up by Michigan State. Jalen wants Jackson. And he scores on the last play of the game. Unbelievable. Well, then get the fuck out of here, then. Okay, see ya. It is Friday, October 7th, and Chris will now shut up so I can do the intro. Christ. Um, welcome to Medicine Sports. It is a TGIF. Freaky Friday, follow Friday, you name it. It is a super chat and mailbag Friday. It's also a Buckeye Friday, because on Fridays, we talk all things Ohio State, as it applies to the national landscape, so it's not entirely a Homer show or episode, but right down in the link, down below, you'll see a link tree link. That is where you can find all of our social media pages. If you have not followed yet, go follow Menace to Sports on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok. Obviously here, if you haven't followed here yet, follow this channel, like this video, and comment down below. What your drink of choice is going to be this fine Friday evening because it's a turn up Friday, Chris. Mm-hmm. What are we sipping on? <laughs> what are we sipping on? Let us know in the chat. I'm doing, I'm doing good, man. I'm excited. We're one more sleep away from college football. I'm actually, know there's games tonight. We have a uh, Houston place tonight. Oh yeah. I'm just so you know, but uh, no, I'm feeling good. Thank really happy. It's Friday. Got to see um, Iowa play Iowa tech last night in a great NFL football game. What an awful game that was, huh? But we'll get to it in a minute. I hope you took my under. I hope you took the <laughs> under 42 or some shit like that. It's fucking nine to six. <laughs> like looking at it like, wow, this under is going to cash under 21. It was a, what an awful football game that was. And I, I'm, I'm out on Russell Wilson, man. I mean, it, it's, there's something to be said just about your personality as a quarterback, right? And we've talked about it a lot with CJ Stroud and Bryce Young and all these different quarterbacks, but goofy fuckers never mm. are ballers. And I know Russ had a, his run where he was a, a good quarterback in the NFL, so I'm not saying he's terrible, but I feel like his 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 goofiness went through the roof in the last three years, and now his play went through the fucking the basement <laughs> the last three years. I think there's a correlation to just goofiness and effectivity at, at, as a quarterback because he is the goofiest dude around i mean it just it's man, wild it's wild 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 um but i want to start with something else before we talk broncos zach i know yeah. you saw it man i know we don't really talk nba very much on this show but that boy jordan Poole, mich former michigan basketball player got knocked the hell out by draymond green former michigan state basketball player Talk to me about fights behind the scenes and a video leak too. Yeah, I, I, should, I tweeted it. I tweeted it. TMZ got the video. So, you know, some video guy just got paid a mm -hmm. shitload of money from TMZ for that video clip because he sleeped him. And I mean, first of all, the video, I mean, it was, it was like borderline a sucker punch. I mean, granted, Jordan Poole pushed him first, but yeah, they're, they're face to face. You got to protect yourself at all. If you push them <laughs> and you're face to face, yeah, it, it surprised him. But if you push him, it's like, all right, we're about that action. Get no your doubt. hands up. No doubt. But stuff like this happens. Now that that was a, a pretty bad punch. Oh, yeah. I mean, and and the, the thing is, like being a football coach, like I've seen a bunch of fights, but you're not gonna you can't really punch anyone in the face, right? Like you have helmets on and, and that's why throwing punches in football fights. I've, I've always said is the dumbest fucking thing. When, when people throw punches, if I had a player that threw a punch in practice uh, on, on a, on a player, I would literally pull them out of the game and I'd be like, you're not out. Cause you fought you're out. Cause you're a fucking idiot. Like what, what is that going to do? Like, is you, you want to fucking, you want to hit him and hurt him? Like it's not going to hurt him. Mm -hmm. His whole body's covered in pads. You're going to break your hand. That's the only thing that's going to come of this. Like, so you're just dumb. So that's why you're sitting out now. You're because you're an absolute idiot. That's what I used to tell any player who got in a fight. It just makes no sense. Like unless you're taking body shots where they're they're uncovered. Like you go put you go to punch a kid in the helmet. Like what? what how dumb can you be? 
So in football, it, I rarely saw a real fight. It was mostly a bunch of bullshit shoving and maybe a you know a punch to a face mask, which is yeah. like I said, stupid. But that one right there, I don't know how you I don't know how you are in the same locker room together. I don't know how you take the basketball court together. I don't know how because that was a real punch. I that mean, was really like, real. That was really real. Like that was more than just like you don't get punched like that based off of one practice. Like I'm no, convinced. I mean that, there, there, there's a long history and shit's, mm -hmm. shit's been brewing there. Probably going back yeah. to as as far as the the rivalry between Michigan and Michigan State, and just the fact that he was a Wolverine and Draymond is a Spartan. I mean that 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 can create a little tension to start with, and they obviously had beef. Mm -hmm. But I, there's no coming back for that. Like if you slept me like that, like the next time I walk in the locker room, we're squaring up again. Like it's it's never gonna go away. Like you caught me one time, I'm gonna catch you now. Like yeah. we're, we're gonna we're gonna hash this out. So I. Till death do us part, we gotta throw them hands. Period. Yeah, I mean it's 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 over. Like you mm -hmm. can't. There's no coming back from that. Now, is it weak for Draymond Green, who weighs forty pounds, to throw that flying right like that? Or it's like, nah, it's it's good. Listen, I, I don't know. What, I don't know what was said. Like, you know, there's he 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 obviously he pushed him, and mm -hmm. there's obviously a beef there. And and not that you know, not that I condone punching someone in the face, but you know, if he said some foul shit to him, or or maybe he. You know who knows what happened. If he did something warranting it, then no, I don't give a shit if he's forty pounds heavier. Don't talk shit to someone bigger than you. Like I, I learned from a very young age, don't don't enter a fight that you know, don't know for sure you're not going to win. Like Oof. you just you, that was just a bad decision. <laughs> six seven two forty versus six four two ninety. You love it. You love. I it. I mean that's that's big size differential. Yeah, no, that's huge. And additionally, the reach too. Ooh -wee. Well, well, so who do you trade? The rookie or the vet? <laughs> or he's uh, not a rookie. He's well, like I'm, not a, I'm not a big Draymond guy, but that's more just – I. it's funny because I even said on the show the other day, like I've, I've, I've gotten to like Draymond more – Recently, I used to I couldn't I could not stand Draymond Green. Just just his facial expressions and antics on the court, like I I fucking hated him. And he played for the Warriors, and uh, you know, as a Cavs fan, that was I just I just didn't like him. Um, and but and that stupid ass shit he did in, in playing spring practice at Michigan State, playing tight end. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, it's it's crazy. Another part of this that's really interesting is like you, you have to trade one of them, right? Like one of them's got to go. Um, and I'm not sure. Like so, every everyone's gonna feel like Draymond Green is a more important part of this team, Zach. Uh, obviously, because he's been there for a while, facilitator. But you know, he's like ten years older than Jordan Poole. Only average is seven and a half points, and Jordan Poole in year two averaged eighteen points a game. It's like this is yeah. gonna be a weird case where the guy who's younger and with more upside and a better score gets traded for the for the guy that's older and does less on the court. So you know, it is what it is. But this is not a basketball show. Let's talk football. Let's do it. The game yesterday, abysmal. And I want to ask you uh, again. It was, it was, it was, it was like this was like Iowa playing Iowa. This was garbage. Um, I don't know if you saw, but somebody cashed a bet that there'd be no touchdown scored for one thousand dollars to one hundred one thousand after five quarters of play. And to me, I'm wondering how much of an impact is this going to have on the legacy of Russell Wilson, and how important is it to be liked and be a a scrappy dude in terms of being a quarterback? Because likability, I think, is a skill. And for some reason, Russell Wilson is disliked by almost everybody. I think he's just too corny. Like he, he, he reminds me of Tim Tebow at Florida where, where kids, the players just couldn't really relate to him. It's like, this dude's just, he's just different than like very, very different than us. And and we can't really relate to him. And it's hard to, it's not, it's not hard to lead. It's impossible to lead when that's the case, when there's no relatability between, you know, the, the, the core of the team and this quote unquote leader, that's, that's he's never going to be a real leader. So Russell, he just, he can't relate to these, these players. And it's, I, I mean, I, I think his, his time in the sun is over. I mean, <laughs> if, if last night wasn't evident of that, um, just disgusting football. It did. It looked like an Iowa spring game, like yeah. just awful. $245 million. And it's crazy because if this is a guy who I thought was a surefire hall of famer, still might get there. I don't know. Um, definitely won't get there. Goodness gracious. Um, it feels like his personality, Zach, is like if you asked an AI, what should a quarterback act like? It's like <laughs> right. not genuine at all. It's like you ask Siri, what should a quarterback act like? And then you get Russell Wilson. I think that's what it is. Like sometimes he coaches, with just sometimes he's black. Sometimes he's Puerto Rican. Sometimes he like, you know, is a, a super professional. He tries to act like Tom Brady. So it just, it's very weird. And the elementary shit we saw earlier this season with him getting up and wanting the whole sideline to yell pass or run um, during an NFL game. It's just like, Gee golly, like, like what? And I like Russell. I've been a big Russell fan for a long time. And I feel like 
for me to stay at least a little bit cool, I have to distance myself from that, you know, fan relationship. I, I'm no longer a fan of Russell Wilson, I must say. I'm off the wagon. Yeah, I never really was on that wagon, but you know, I, I I thought I did think he'd have a good year. I thought the Broncos would be better. I thought he would kind of revamp his career with Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton. Like I really thought he had some some skill there in Denver, and he was going to be able to do something. But but after last night, good lord, nope. I, like <laughs> I want my quarterback to be a war daddy, and Russell Wilson feels like some kid who's in chess club dressed up as a quarterback for like, Halloween. Yeah, it, it's it's. Like even this post game press conference, like, like do, doing the little Bronco like country, let's ride. Yeah, like Bronco country, let's ride, and then walks off. It's like, bro, you just fucking played horrible and didn't score a touchdown. Like, where are we riding to? I don't want to ride with you. Like, that, I'm not, I'm not on that ride. Like, that's like a merry go round at the at the at Cedar Point. You're like, no, I want to go on a roller coaster. I don't want to just go around and that fucking horse goes up and down. I want to do something exciting and fun. I'm not riding with you. But Russell Wilson literally. I don't think anything about him in in his life is exciting or fun. His football game is not exciting or fun. I, I, his personality is not exciting or fun. I'm sure Sierra doesn't doesn't have a lot of excitement or fun in her life. Like it's just that dude is a lame fucking dude. Yeah. Like this shit was this shit's been so bad, man. She might fuck around and go back to future. So I mean that's that's how that's how bad this has been getting. And what are we writing to, Zach? The answer is Two and three is what we're writing to, and $245 million. Now I need to ask you, because this is the overwhelming topic for us on Twitter today. Baron Browning looks like a freak show coming off the edge. He was at Ohio State for four years and never played defensive end. Zach, who does this fall on? Why does this happen? How does this happen? What coaches deserve to go to jail for this? Well, I mean, it's, it, it, it ultimately falls on on the Kerry Combs and, and Greg Schiano and just – the defensive scheme because and if you if you are a fan of this show this is no surprise to you because i was at almost at the point where i was screaming at the top of my lungs like i don't give a shit if he can play linebacker or remember the plays build a third down package where he he plays stand up defensive end i was screaming it all his whole career mm-hmm. like i've seen this kid he's twitchy he's explosive like he would be a dominant pass rusher i still contend that he with better linebacker coaches he could have played linebacker and actually been an impact linebacker and blitzer and pass rusher. He could have been an all Big Ten player. He could have been a great player at Ohio State, but they didn't get that done. But at the very least, they should have at least had him in a third down rushman package. And I think they did it like once, mm-hmm. if I remember right. And and I mean, I was saying it then. It, the proof is 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 on film now because that that pass rush clip from last night was just holy explosive. It looks like Will Anderson. Like he looks like 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 Will Anderson coming off the edge of the NFL. Yeah, it's it, it, it's it's exactly what I thought he was. And and Ohio State's defensive staff made me believe that he was not that. And now the NFL showing both him and Pete Warner. I mean, think about that. Two guys that are being extremely productive in the NFL in a room that was atrocious and awful for Ohio state. Didn't, I mean, Pete played, but, but he, he didn't make a ton of plays. I mean, he was never a liability. He was always a really good player, but they just, they weren't getting coached. Well, they weren't getting developed. They weren't getting employed properly. Um, it's just, I mean, we could live in hindsight and it gives you a bad taste in your mouth. Uh, just thinking about you have. Why didn't those- we have him play defensive end from the jump? Like at that size and that twitchiness, couldn't he have just been that and not messed around with linebacker at all? Like we I had mean, him play middle linebacker and will instead of just being on the edge and flying to the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, he, he could have done all those things, Chris. I'm telling you, he could have played linebacker too. It's just, but get him on the field. Who cares? Get him on the field. Get him on the field. Yeah, he played what fifteen snaps a game. Was the fourth rotational linebacker, and Tough Borland played all the snaps. What a all wild the snaps. time! What a wild time! It's funny people don't know. Zach and I kind of connected before uh, the to what twenty nineteen Clemson game was kind of the year we talked. And you told me if Tough Borland is on the field for more than twenty five snaps against an elite team, the game's over. I don't care if we're up over. by two touchdowns at that point. And then it happened. I was watching the Clemson game. It happened. Yeah, but, you know. And, and, and it, it, as as the chat mentioned, it does fall on Jeff Halfley too, because Jeff Halfley was the coordinator when Barron was there. I mean, it's it's it falls on all three coordinators, all, all the coordinators that were coordinating when he was on the football team. They're they're all to blame. Yeah, 
I guess we give halfway pass though because the defense was really good, and additionally, like our defensive line was really disruptive. But uh, for those other years, no, I, I I couldn't agree more. And I'm just in the in the, in the business of giving passes. Um, all right, Zach, we got to touch it, man. Got to get to it. Ohio State football. Is Ryan Day the greatest offensive mind in the entire sport? How good is this offense? What do you want to see against Michigan State? Let's dig into it. Well, I, I want to start with this, kind of the headline of the show, because I found this a- analytic model, this this data study, I guess, and it's called the Sharp College Football Beta Rankings, right? And, and what they've done, and I don't know how long it goes back. I know it goes back to 2010, so the last 12 years. It, it, it weighs an offense's value, right? How good an offense is. And the four ways it does that, it, it weighs drive efficiency, how efficient they are on drives, like how often do they move the ball, get first downs, and ultimately score touchdowns. How explosive the offense is, how 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 many big plays are there, right? Play efficiency, like the average efficiency of every single play they run, and then how many negative drives, right? Where they, they go three and out or a turnover. That Those four things are weighed in this model. And since 2010, at least, it might have went back further. I was trying to find how far back it went. The top two offenses in the last 12 years of college football, offensive football, number one was the 2021 Ohio State Buckeyes, and number two was the 2022 Ohio State Buckeyes, followed by 2015 Arkansas, 2014 Oregon with Marcus Mariota, and 2020 Alabama, who Ohio State fans know well, Mm -hmm. the national champs. And then number eight on the list was 2019 LSU, which you and I talked about before show. I could see it. I mean, I think that's, that's the best offense I've ever seen, but I could right. see how in this model it would get dinged a little bit because they were kind of boom or bust, as you said mm-hmm. before the show, Chris. But I think it's just crazy that this you know, unbiased analytic study right over offensive football has the last two Ryan Day offenses at number one and number two in college football mm-hmm. history, essentially. Right. That is that is really insane, and especially insane thinking about it, Zach, because you and I are both on the same page. We do not think this offense has been exceptional this year. We think they've left a lot no. of points on the field. We think there's a lot to be left desired. We think C.J. Stroud is not as polished as we wanted him to be. And we see some glaring issues with this offense moving forward that we would like fix is kind of to hit the rhythm of the season. Well, This and, was surprising and, to me, so I'm sure it was surprising to you. It was surprising to me to an extent, but I, you also have to take into the fact they've played five bad teams, right? And they've ran the ball really well. And so mm-hmm. everything I just mentioned, drive efficiency, explosiveness, like that's that stuff has been there. Now, when they as they get through the meat of the schedule, they're not going to be able to play this style of offensive football and still remain this good of an offense. They're going to have to throw the ball eventually. They're going to have to. The receivers are going to have to execute. CJ's going to have to do all the things we've bitched about for five weeks. That's going to have to happen, or else they're going to fall dramatically down that list. I just thought it was crazy that those are the, right now the top two offenses in essentially college football history. But this here's the here and here's the best part. All those offensive struggles, right? All the things that I've talked about on on what this offense needs to improve, where they're deficient. This weekend is going to be everyone, all of your opportunities to be like, Zach's a fucking idiot. Look at his offense. It's fucking great. Because this Michigan State defense is booty cheeks. I mean, they're awful. I mean, it's, it's similar to last year. I mean, the pass defense is atrocious. Now, they tackle decently. They average under nine missed tackles per game. So that is... A, a testament to coaching and fundamental development, but they have the second worst passing defense in the Big Ten, a 115th worst passing defense in America. So they don't, I mean, and they hit the portal. They got an Alabama transfer, Georgia transfer playing corner. The kid, Amir Speed, was a starting corner for the vaunted Georgia defense last year, the first three games till he got hurt and then kind of didn't get back in the rotation. So he started on that defense the first three games of the year. He transfers in and he's been an absolute nightmare. At corner, I mean, he's given almost uh, he's given up almost 300 yards receiving already, right? He had 81 percent completion percentage. They've targeted the opponents have targeted him specifically 26 times, and they've completed the ball 21 of the 26 times. So he's been an absolute liability, and he's he's the fish, right? As Urban talked about on Big <laughs> Noon Kickoff two years ago, he is the fish. When you try to find a fish, you try to find that guy who's just a mark. Right now, he's a mark. Like Denzel Burke, right now on film, you would say is a mark at Ohio State, right? So you would make a plan to attack the mark, right? This is that kid. Um, so there's they're, they're an awful pass defense, and here's good news. They're 55th in America at stopping the run. So essentially, they're good at nothing. They're just they're, they're below average stopping the run and atrocious at stopping the pass. This, this is going to be an absolute blowout. 
Do they play press man? Are we going to see our guys get a chance to get open against press man? Or are they going to zone it up considering the corners? I mean, are not, not, well, not I mean they, they, do, they do both, alert. but this is a situation where with as bad as they are at corner, I, I, and maybe, maybe they come in and say, ah, these Ohio state receivers are not last year's receivers, which they're not. And they might, they might fuck around and play press. I don't know. That's going to be a game plan decision because they do both. But I could also see them saying, wow, this is the best group of skill we've faced. I don't think we can hold up and man, we'll get torched. And so they try to, you know, play a little more zone than than they usually do. But I mean, it's just CJ Stroud's gonna have a career day. It's it's inevitable. I'm and I'm not worried about that. that, that that's not gonna tell me anything. If he throws for 500 yards, five touchdowns, I wanna see how he does it. Right. I want to see the things that he needs to improve on. But just because it's a bad opponent and he's able to light him up with his arm, I want to see him step into throws, navigate the pocket, and be a big time quarterback. That's what I'm looking for. I could give two shits about his stats. If if you want CJ to win a Heisman trophy, number one overall pick, you want to win a national championship, that's what you're looking for. Because the five hundred yard game is probably coming. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how bad Michigan State's passing defense is. And I mean, you, you look at CJ, like for as critical as we are, and I, I will. We'll, we'll stroke Ohio State fans for a minute, right? We're, we're, we are critical because of the standard. Well, because of his, well, because of his personal ceiling, yeah. right? Because his ceiling is—he's so far away from his ceiling. Because maximization is the goal. The goal is not to be really, really good. The goal is to be maximized, and he is not close to maximized. But if you look at it, he has twice as many passing touchdowns as any other quarterback in the Big Ten. I mean, Cade McNamara and JJ McCarthy combined have seven passing touchdowns through five games. CJ has eighteen. So just he's having a great year. And you look at this offense, speaking of best offense ever lived, right? Right now, Ryan Day's offense, the number one red zone offense in America, which is crazy because they were they were bad in the red zone last year. Number one in America. Second best third down defense in America. Minnesota's number one. They will come down as they start to play real teams. Yeah, as soon as Ohio State has the second most explosive offense in America. They have 37 plays over 20 yards. Who has Florida the most? State, oh, wow. Florida State is number one. So Shout out to Florida State and what they're doing on offense. They, Ohio State does have the most plays 30 yards or longer in the country with 21 plays over 30 yards, which in five games is nuts. That is they insane. have the second best passing offense in Power 5 football. Tennessee is number one, by the way. They have the fourth best rushing offense in Power 5 football at 6.2 yards per carry. Alabama's number one. And Ohio State is the only team in college football to be top five in both, running the ball and throwing the ball. And they're the number one scoring offense in in all of college football, 48.8 points per game. So this offense is ridiculous. So don't take criticism as some audacious, like ridiculous take. We, I am simply pointing out areas they can improve to maximization, right? To, to hit that stride and do what I believe they need to do to win a national championship. That's, that's the whole conversation I have every day, almost in August. We did a show August 9th. We did a show about chasing legendary status. And what we talked about was the goal for this Ohio State offense isn't to be just the best offense in college football this year. The goal was to chase what you and I view as potentially the best offense ever in that LSU offense. We did a whole show on it. And we talked yeah. about how dynamic that offense was. So we hold Ohio State to that standard because we think that it can be there. So the fact that they are, you know, number one in all those categories, number two in all those categories, that makes it feel like this is a generational offense, but also with a lot more to give. So mm-hmm. for that reason, like it's not enough to just be a little bit better than Tennessee on offense. We want to be, we want to be better than Tennessee on offense, like entirely. Like we want CJ Stroud to play better than Hendon Hooker. Like we we want that, and right now it has not been the case so far to this season. Um, and they've left a lot on the table, and this will be the game that they kind of get to unlock some things. Um, and, and so I'm I'm looking out for it. Um, if so it's funny that because each game this year, it has been there was the Cade Stover game last week was the Mayan Williams game. The you know the week before was the Marvin Harrison Jr. game. This is like not really for analysis, but who do you think this game will be about? I mean, this game's going to be about CJ Stroud in, in the pass game because because right. of everything we just talked about. Because they're so deficient in the passing game, because they have such a bad passing defense. Ohio State hasn't hit their stride throwing the ball, so that's going to be a point of emphasis for Ryan. He loves throwing the ball, and he knows as he's a great football coach. He knows that this game is an opportunity to really get a ton of experience and a ton of momentum in the throw game. So this is going to be solely about airing it out. Now they're still going to run the ball. I mean, they found a lot of success and a lot of momentum in the run game, but they need to get this pass game going. And so this that's going to be the storyline here. It's going to be about, I mean, by the way, Peyton Thorne has the most interceptions in the Big Ten. He's thrown six. So that's the other side of this, right? I didn't even talk about that. That Denzel Burks, 
got a chance to build some momentum here. I mean, I, I, I like I like the receivers that Michigan State has, but Denzel Burke has not struggled covering people as of late. He struggled playing the ball, and Peyton Thorne's the perfect quarterback to help you play the ball because he'll throw it right fucking to you. <laughs> um, and so I think that's going to be the two storylines: is is the pass defense and the passing offense. I think this is an air it out game, and I mean, I, I know Michigan State right now is not looking at this saying, "Wow, we can we're going to have to run the ball in Ohio State." I know they're saying we're going to have to throw it if we want to have a chance. And they're going to target the shit out of Denzel Burke and those freshman corners. And it's going to be on them to show up and make those plays, create a couple turnovers, maybe. I'm getting cooked for saying that Hooker has played better than CJ Stroud this year. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'll have to go back and watch more Hannon Hooker. Um, that's just kind of how I felt in terms of like taking over games. But CJ's obviously super, super talented. I want to ask you is this the game where we see Trey get thrown the ball out in space? Is that finally going to happen? God, or? I hope so. God, I hope so. Um, it's. It's a lot like the Trey Sermon conversations that I had on, on my show two years, two ago. years ago. It's like it, it's gonna happen eventually. And when it does, people are gonna be like, Yes, that's what we that's what Zach's been talking about. There it mm -hmm. is. Like eventually Travion Henderson will get, I guess he'll he'll get employed to the country as as a dynamic ball carrier, and it's gonna have they gotta get him in space. It's gonna happen eventually, and when it does, you're gonna see some wow plays. All right, Zach, I want to do some, roll through some quick picks um, brought to you by Manscaped. Oh, yeah. Manscaped. Let's talk about it for a minute. I, we'll, we'll quick plug, and everybody wants this up here. So <laughs> go to manscaped.com, promo code Menace, and, and screenshot and send me your orders. I've already had a couple people do it, and I love it. Menace Army's showing up big. Promo code Menace, you get 20% off your entire order and also free shipping. And you got to get this lawnmower. Where's it at? Lawnmower 4.0 is legit. I mean, legit, legit, really, really nice. It's got a portable charger and everything else. They also have the weed whacker for nose hairs and ear hairs. They got all kinds of lotions and, I mean, everything. And their shirts. I had their shirt on the other day. It's really comfortable. So go check out manscaped.com, promo code Menace, 20% off free shipping, and screenshot the order and send it to me because I'm going to brag to them that Menace Army's fucking showing up big to support, I don't know, <laughs> Shaving your junk, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Zach, a couple games. You've already covered them, but for the people that are just tuning in for the Friday kind of wrap-up show, just real quick, uh, I'm going I'm to have you pick winners. We talked about this one before, Tennessee versus LSU. That game is in Death Valley, but it is a noon game. Yeah, it's 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 an early kick. Um, I, I like Tennessee to win the game. I, I'm just I'm a believer right now in Hendon Hooker and, and Tennessee. And whether I'm trying to convince myself that they can beat Georgia or beat Bama, it doesn't matter. Um, I, I think they really have a chance to to make some noise this season and, and upset one of those two teams. And I don't think Brian Kelly's got it got it done yet at LSU. So so I know it's in Death Valley. The noon kick will certainly help. Thank God it's not a night game, or I might be on the other, other side of this. But I think Tennessee pulls this out. That's an interesting game for me as well. It feels like the uh, the if Tennessee is going to get caught before the big dogs, this could be it. But Hendon Hooker, you know, experienced QB. If if the Heisman ceremony was today, I feel like he would be there. Um, I, I love them, and I'm picking Tennessee there as well. TCU versus Kansas. T I think TCU is going to boat race Kansas. <sighs> boat, boat race. race. I, I think Kansas is really well coached. I think Kansas has elevated. I mean, a number of of steps up this year mm -hmm. with Lance Leipold. But TCU is probably one of the. They might be the fastest team in America. I mean, you talk about fast, fast. Eleven kids running over 21 miles an hour in one game. TCU has team speed. I'm, I'm, I'm buying TCU stock right now. I think TCU rolls Kansas. Mississippi State, ranked number 23, Zach, I'll add, is taking on Arkansas, which I am interested in this game just to, to compare as a data point next to Bama. Um, who do you have winning that game? Well, this is like uh, Jekyll and Hyde, right? You have this tough-ass program, runs the football, tackle, toughness, fucking big, tough coach. And then you have this bizarro fucking lawyer, <laughs> Mike Leach, who just throws it every snap all over the place and gives the funniest interviews everywhere. If you haven't heard, he gave great marital advice to a, a reporter just the other day after the game on the field. Like, this is not even a press conference. It was like a post-game interview on the field, and he gave marital advice. So it's... Polar opposite programs, and whether they're going to win or not, I got to go with the real, the true football. I got to go with toughness. I got to go with running the football. I'm going with Sam Pittman and uh, Arkansas to, to beat Mississippi State. Wow, and they, uh, Mississippi State is a nine-point favorite in that one, so there you go. And then the one I want to talk about, the one that won't get talked about enough, but I think it is going to be a really entertaining game, UCLA versus Utah. Yeah, this is this is the one where, where Chip Kelly gets to either show that, that UCLA is real or – it's, they're going to be exposed as a phony. I, I can't bet against Utah. I know they're not as good as they've been in years past. 
Um, I, I like UCLA. I like what they're building, but I, I, I got to see it first. I mean, that win over Washington was a was a really solid win. I just don't know if they can do it back to back against two quality opponents. And I think Utah is certainly a quality opponent. So I'm going to take Kyle Whittingham and, and Utah in that matchup. Want to kick it over to the ACC for the last one. Um, Florida State is taking on NC State, both four and one. The difference is Florida State is not ranked and NC State is ranked number 14. Who wins this one and how? If you can't hear, I got a bunch of construction going on oh, here at yeah, the studio. But I just want to throw that out there. Um, I, I got to ride with Florida State. I mean, they're one of the most explosive offenses in the country. You know, kind of had a letdown week last week. I think they bounced back and they and this is gonna be this is gonna be the win that catapults them to a really good season. If they drop this one, then you're looking at some tough games ahead. I mean, they got to play. You know, I don't have their schedule in front of me, but they're, they're going to have some tough opponents coming up. If they don't win this one, you could see it maybe lose a little bit of air in the, in their sail. A little bit of wind gets let out of their sail. So I think Florida State's got to win this one. I think Mike Norvell's doing an unbelievable job. Their offense is, you know, their, their tackles didn't play great last week, and I think they're going to improve under their offensive line coach, who was one of the best in the country. So I, I'm, I'm going to go Florida State to beat Dave Doran's veteran team. All right, Zach, that's what I got for the picks. I'm going to have you go through this week. Obviously, we got the Mensa in here and some other stuff we want to cover, and then we're going to hit the Super Chats. Sounds good. All right, well, before we get to Mensa, I do, I did want to uh, I did want to throw this up there. If you didn't bet it yesterday, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. I mean, this one cashed by about 100 points. I, I, if you really wanted to, to go all out, Chris mentioned it, you could bet $1,000 on no touchdown score, and five quarters later, you made 101 grand. So go to my bookie, promo code MENACE, Get a free deposit match. You put $200 in, they give you free $200. We're giving out fucking winners. There's no show in the country that is giving out more winners than this show. Mensa's record, he can tell it to you in a second. It's It's been impeccable. My picks, surprisingly, are doing well. They don't usually do well unless I leverage our handicapping team to help me out. Christ, they're building like Noah's Ark over here. Perfect time. Got a fucking hammer during the show. Appreciate you. But anyways, let's bring the Mensa in. Mensa, what's going on, man? Hey, hey what's up, Zach? Not much, man. How's it going? Dude, just enjoying Friday. I got the the tribe game just started. I'm ready to roll. Go Indians, huh? Yeah. Well, so I'm rocking so first, the Chief today. Let's go. There you go, Chief Wahoo in the building. Forever lives forever. forever. <laughs> um. So first, just for the people that haven't tuned in on Friday, just give them a little background on on kind of your record so far on the show and how how it's going, and uh, just a little bit about your method. And then we have a college football model drop that launches tomorrow. So if you want this analytic model, what was the, what was the t- tally over the summer for, over baseball? So over baseball, uh, we just finished two days ago on Wednesday. Final MLB results for the season. A lot of picks, but it was 364 wins, 289 losses for 56% hit rate, and we won 519 units just on baseball props alone this year. So units are a percentage of bankroll, right? If, if he says exactly. play 10 units, that means like if you have $1,000 in your account to bet, 10 units would be 100 bucks, right? P- throw 100 yep. bucks on this play, 100 bucks here. So over the, the course of the baseball analytic model, your $1,000 would have turned into 5,000 and whatever dollars. Like exactly, you would have yeah. a 500% return on investment. And that college football model is dropping tomorrow. I say it again. Big time. It is dropping tomorrow. If you want to have an analytic tool on your side, the link is right above him. Patreon.com forward slash menace to picks. Try it out for a month. See what it is. I mean, it's 25 bucks and you get all the college football oh, picks. Exactly. Just try it out and see if you like it. And we've been we've been doing some beta testing, and we've given out some winners on props throughout the past couple of weeks. Um, and uh, I mean, I, I know the the method I love to do with the model is attack the props. I feel like that's the best way to just find a single aspect of the game to attack. Um, but we're also going to use this model to go through spreads, totals, team totals, all that stuff. So if you're not signed up, get signed up right now because it's going to be if it's anything like baseball, it's going to be filthy this year. Absolutely filthy. So what? Give, give us some winners, man. So I, we we all need some money to to go into uh, to end the weekend the right way. Absolutely. So relatively small slate of games tonight for college football, but we got Houston Memphis on later tonight, and there's two props I actually like in that game. Uh, the first one is Clayton Tune, Houston's quarterback, uh, over 252 and a half passing yards. Um, I think Houston's going to attack throughout the air uh, heavily tonight, uh, given that Memphis has a really good front seven. They're top 50 in PFF grade and rushing defense. Um, and where they where, where they have a weakness is in their secondary. They're starting two new corners this year. Uh, they're 66th in the country in coverage grade, according to PFF. And they rank 104th um, in defensive efficiency versus the pass this year. 
So Tune, uh, he struggled last week against Tulane, who actually is 17th in, in coverage grade, but he's averaged over 250 throughout the uh, three weeks prior against Texas Tech, Kansas, and Rice. So I like him to have a bounce back game tonight. Um, I would play uh, anything up over 265 and a half, depending on where your book uh, has his line at. I got him at 252 and a half. So uh, I like that. And I also like his, uh, his number one target, Nathaniel Tank Dell, over 89 and a half receiving yards tonight. I've seen that line go all the way up to about a hundred or so. I, I like him to go triple digits tonight as well. Um, PFF has him as the 11th highest graded receiver uh, so far this year. Um, and throughout the last four games, he's uh, averaged over a hundred yards a game. So including going over a hundred twice. Um, I like him to have a big game tonight and uh, I like Houston to rely heavily throughout the air. So those are my two picks for tonight. Clayton Toon over 252 and a half passing yards and Nathaniel Dell over 89 and a half receiving yards. And let's carry that momentum into the, uh, the release of the model tomorrow. That's the plan right there. So get two winners tonight, get your little bankroll builder. And then once they hit, that, that's, that's what you got to promise me, Army, is if both of those hit, you'll take some of those winnings, take $25 of it, and sign up for Menace to Picks because that's the it. analytic model is cooking. And we've transformed this platform masterfully. And it's 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 really trending in a, in a great direction. So if you're into sports gambling, go check it out. Mensa, we always, as always, we appreciate you, and I'm excited for this college football model to, oh, to drop tomorrow. It's going to be really it's gonna cool. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. I got a loaded prop card already. I'm waiting on lines to come out, but there's a bunch of matchups individually that I like, so it's going to be it's going to be awesome. Love it. Well, I appreciate you, man, so thank you. All right. Thanks for having me on, Zach. All right. Well, while we transition Chris back in here, I did want to mention our, uh, our Menace to Sports VIP platform on Patreon, separate from the handicapping, although there is a gambling tier. If you sign up for gambling tier, you get the handicapping picks also. But go check it out. It is a money-back guarantee. If you sign up for the video tier or higher, right, the, the Colonel, General, Gambling, any of those tiers that are $20 or more, I have given you your money back if you're not happy at the end of the month. Simple as that. I'll Venmo you 20 bucks or 30 bucks back because that's how confident I am you're going to love it. The film breakdowns alone are worth, I mean, in my opinion, well, I guess it's me doing it, so this could be a little uh, conceited, but it's worth every fucking penny. For less than a dollar a day, you, you can sit in a film room and, and break down college football, every Ohio State game and some national games. You can sit there and, and see what's actually fucking happening and learn football at, at the process. The messages I've been getting from either college football fans, Buckeye fans, or some people that are getting into coaching and, and they're like, it's unreal how much I'm learning from these videos. So go check it out. Trust me. I'm giving you fuck money back guarantee. What more do you want? I'm not going to give you more than the money you pay for it, but that's the best I can do. Money back guarantee. Go check it out. Patreon.com forward slash menace to sports. Chris, my guy. All right. So I got a couple more topics that I want to hit and kind of some, uh, you know, some menace general questions. And then we're going to get into the super chats. This one's QB related. Obviously, like you and I just talked about the Michigan State game. You think Ohio State should handle them pretty well, like blow them out, right? Yes. Do you think that Ohio State should trot Kyle McCord or Devin Brown out there with the ones just to see what we have, or is that not how it works? I mean, they can. Um, but once you pull C.J. Stroud, you're effectively saying this game's won. We can't. We we don't want to get him hurt. So then at what point – I mean, they certainly can't afford a receiver to get hurt. I mean, that would be a nightmare. The, the only bigger – the only nightmare that would be, I think – around similar to CJ getting hurt would be if they lose a couple wideouts. So maybe the, the first offensive line, but even then this offensive line pl is playing so well. Why, why would you risk it? What? So, so Kyle McCord or Devin Brown has some better protection. Mm -hmm. Like the, the, the twos at Ohio state should be able to execute on this defense. They just should. And it just is what it is. I mean, that's the life of a backup quarterback. You don't get to go with the ones. You're a fucking backup. Yeah. Become the starter. Then you get to go with the ones. Are you able to training are you able to see what you have, quote unquote, throwing to the backups with the backup line? Yeah, I mean, not in a game. At not as they won't do as well as they would have with the starters, but that's they do that shit in practice. Like they've had that opportunity. They didn't seize it. They didn't take it. They didn't beat out CJ Stroud, which I mean, we all knew that they weren't going to, but you can't just say, Well, put them in with the ones. Yeah. There's you've you've reached a point in the game when that happens you're going to pull CJ Stroud that you need to get your your best players out right. just for fear of injury. There's no point, and you need to get those young guys reps. And so that's who they practice with now in season as they throw to the twos. They have the chemistry with the twos. So develop your twos. That's yeah. the moral story. And, and additionally, it's interesting because I think that's who the next quarterback's going to be with. 
like a lot of those ones are going to move on and go to the league. Like he's going to be playing oh. in with a lot of the twos anyway. So I, I get absolutely, and they got to they got to grow up together. Chris, I did have a couple fun facts that I forgot about oh. that I wanted to get to. Um, a lot of conversation about Jim Knowles' defense not creating turnovers, and I, I, I preached it all offseason. This is not a ball disruptive defense; yeah. it is an aggressive, like snuff you out defense. But they don't get a ton of turnovers. You're about to, right? answer, have, you're about to answer two of the mailbag questions, so I'm happy for you. Good job. Okay, <laughs> so they, I might not, so but we'll see. So they've created five turnovers through five games, I believe is the number. And and so I just wanted to point out, number one, why I think USC could be real because Lincoln Riley's never had a defense. And, and we talked about that yesterday, how they, they are up at the top when it comes to tackling and fundamentals. And Alex Grinch has done an outstanding job. They also have created more the most turnovers in the country. USC leads the country in created turnovers with 15 created turnovers. Just an absurd number through five games. So that's my first fun fact. Oh, and the, the other side of that, just if you think it's bad at being Ohio State and not creating turnovers, just imagine being Marcus Freeman. Notre Dame's created one turnover this entire year. One. They are 131st in the country out of 131 teams. Dead fucking last. The guru, defensive guru, Marcus Freeman, has only created one turnover. Isn't that nuts? Mm-mm. And here, here's the here's the others, and I want to have this conversation for a minute, Chris. There's 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 always hidden analytics out there, right? That you can find, but you might not. People don't, I guess, people don't talk about them, right? Okay. And one of the big things when it comes to how good a team is 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 special teams. No one ever talks about special teams because there's hidden yardage in special teams. Like, where does your average drive start? Think about it. If you put C.J. Stroud on the 25 yard line or the 35 yard line, his percent of score of, of driving that offense down and scoring points it goes up. So if you start them on the 35 more often, you're a better team. And, and two glaring stats that, that I was looking at this morning was Ohio State right now is 127th in college football. That means there's only four teams worse than them on kickoff return. They're averaging 12.2 yards per return. 127th in America. I know, Last year, I know you're really high on Parker Fleming, but doesn't that fall on him? Now it falls on the returners. That's what I'm going to get to in a minute, Chris. Just let me get there. Yeah, I got you. It, it, it certainly does to an extent, but it, it really goes back to recruiting. You can't tell me that none of these freshman receivers or this your Dallin Hayden or there's not an explosive player other than Emeka Ibuka on this team that can be a kickoff returner. I, I just find that impossible to believe. Because last year when Emeka Ibuka was back there with Parker Fleming as the special teams coordinator, they led the Big Ten in KOR at 24.5 yards per return. So they had twice. They they got twice as far on the return with him than they are this year. Hmm. So it just, that, that's a glaring stat to me. They're also Ohio state is 80th in America in punt returns at 6.9 yards per return. Now last year they were worse on punt returns with, with Garrett Wilson and you know, the, the, the trials that they had back there, they averaged 5.7 yards per return, which was 100th in America. So I bring that up because there's a glaring problem at Ohio state. And that is skill, skill, offensive skill. You should, Emeka Egbuka, when he was a backup receiver, that's what you need, right? You need someone that's not quite ready to crack the lineup at receiver, or not quite ready to be the starting running back, but they're dynamic. And so you put them back as a returner because you all you got to all you got to teach them is ball security, and then just go be a great explosive athlete. And I don't know that Ohio, I, I I actually do know Ohio State doesn't have that kid. It's Emeka Egbuka, Travion Henderson. Those are the two guys that I think could be returners. But they're too valuable. You can't put them back there on a kickoff, or at least so I'm told. Saquon Barkley returned kicks. Mm -hmm. Percy Harvin returned kicks in the NFL. Like I, I disagree with it, but they don't have a dynamic returner. Because go, going back to Parker Fleming, Ohio State, it, this is not great, but it's it, some of it has to do with the kick, and we'll get into that in a later date. They're 12th in the Big Ten in kickoff coverage. So Special teams is definitely a weakness on this team, and no one's talking about it. Now, Jesse Murko's been unbelievable. You know, Ohio State is one of only two teams in all of college football that has yet to allow a punt return. It's been a fair catch or pinned inside the 20 every single time. So Murko and the punt team have been outstanding, but the other three phases, boy, they are they are not helping. Yeah, we have to have better options of returning kicks than, than a linebacker. Like we just simply it have just, to. Like Cam Martinez returned kicks and and punts his entire career in in high school and did a really good job. And he returned uh, interception for a touchdown. He's got good ball skills and, and kind of good vision and good feel for it. I, I'm 
kind of confused why we have nobody that's back, that back there. Like we, it feels like we don't try out corners out there or safeties out there or running backs. Like it has to be a wide receiver or randomly a linebacker who formerly played running back. Like I, it's it's confusing. Like how do punt return well, tryouts go? Like do these kids have to approach them or do you go get one? I mean, you have to recruit it. One, you, you have to think about that, right? And, and if, if you have a kid that's a dynamic returner, he's going to be able, he's going to provide value somewhere. If maybe it's an undersized running back, maybe it's a slot that's kind of a hybrid, a Curtis Samuel type, which that I think bothers me most about my career is we wouldn't let Curtis be the return guy. I mean, he would have been outstanding on punt returns and kick returns. And honestly, I mean, he might have won some awards or, or you know, he might have made some wild plays because he was that good of a player. But it, you, you got to recruit it, you got to develop it. And it, you know, the Julian Flemings of the world, although I think he has a chance to be a really good receiver, he's just not a return body. He's, mm-hmm. he's not built like a returner. Um, how, so how do they the decide big, who returns him? Is it like, well, the biggest problem that coaches have, especially offensive head coaches is putting a defensive player back there when they don't have, they don't carry the ball every day in practice. Ball security is a huge deal. You have to work it every day. So then at that point, are you staying post-practice or how are those DBs getting that ball security work in so they don't fumble the ball and lose mm-hmm. you a game. Cause that could happen. That's why urban would never put Marshawn Lattimore could have been a dynamic returner, but urban's like, absolutely not. Like, do you see how he carries the ball when he intercepts it? Like, no, he, he, like he, he doesn't have the ball security to do it. Now that being said, Jalen Marshall was a little fucking wild sometimes with ball Super security. I trained, sh- <laughs> I trained the shit out of it, but he just fucking, I mean, he got, he, he got spicy when he, when he was a returner, he never did it receiver though. Like when he was a returner, he, he had one time where he palmed the fucking ball. And was running with it. I'm like, what? Like, I benched him. I was like, what in the hell are you doing? I just, like, I just remember like the LSU teams. They always seem to put a cornerback there, like Pat Pete or like Tyron Matthew was an incredible punt returner. Yeah, and it was like, damn. Why I mean, it's. It, I'm that? just. I, I agree. I would if I was the head coach. Marshawn Latimer Moore would have been a returner. Curtis Samuel would have been a returner. Shit, I might have put Zeke back on kickoffs. Like, I would have put a great player back there because that's a chance to one score some cheap touchdowns. Two, start your offense. 12 yards further down the field. Like, I think it's a major impact. But guys like Urban and Ryan, like, they just, it's more conservative approach. Like, they don't trust the DB with the ball in his hands. They don't want their great player getting hurt. It's just two different philosophies. I don't agree with it, mm-hmm. but but a lot of coaches are like that. Well, you did answer two mailbag questions. So, love it. Good, good work on that. Um, who do you think is going to be the next starting quarterback for Ohio State, Brown or, uh, or McCord? People ask this every week, and I, and I skip over it every time. Yeah, I don't. It's it's impossible to tell. I mean, it's who I've, who, would I've you, seen, who do you want to be the next quarterback? I want DJ Ungale or transfer guy to be the quarterback. I do because I I haven't seen anything that tells me they got a great player. We're talking about just think about the last three quarterbacks: Dwayne Haskins to Justin Fields to CJ Stroud. This cannot be a drop off to somebody that is you know I don't know. Pick a quarterback out there, Sean Clifford. Yeah, like ooh. if if you slide back to Cade McNamara. Ohio State has no no chance of winning the national championship unless Jim Knowles actually develops like the best defense in college football and one of those generational defenses, which that might be ha- that might happen. Um, but I, I really think they need a dynamic like first round quarterback. That's what Ryan's system thrives on, and I don't I don't believe that they have one now. Maybe Devin Brown has an unbelievable offseason and becomes that. Maybe maybe Kyle McCord has a Joe Burrow leap. I mean, all those things are possible. But right now, I'm kind of like ah, we're we need to figure something out here. Like either some like storybook off season where you're going to write stories about what Kyle McCord did or what Devin Brown did, or they need to hit the portal and go get somebody that's proven to be that, that type of talent. There is some interesting timing going on because you and I both feel like Ohio state's going to blow out Michigan state. You know, who got their black stripe off this week, Devin Brown. Yeah. So just food for thought. I would love to see Jeff Sims be the next starting quarterback at Ohio State if he decides to enter the portal. Um, I don't think Jeff Sims or that kid from Toledo. What was his name? Finn. Yeah. Yeah. What about Milrow? <laughs> Milrow's going to lose the job this offseason is what they keep telling me. I, that kid, I, he, he, he'll have a job somewhere. He might be playing fucking X receiver. But that, kid's, <laughs> that kid's an athlete. Would you welcome Jack Miller back? Did Jack yeah. Miller attack run it back? No. <laughs> um, all right, coach. Another question. Um, when is Ohio State gonna up the game day experience? <laughs> experience, excuse me. Um, it's like we don't have a DJ. It's not fun. There's no excitement. Like other places have really upped the experience, including some of the Big Ten schools like Purdue, just with the train and kind of like turning the lights on and off for scores. Like, is Ohio State ever gonna get there, or is it just gonna be the same old, same old? Uh, it's see the problem is you get a lot of uh, I don't want to say nerds, but you get a lot of like you know 
people that are out of touch with the youth of America that are in charge of game day experience and stadiums and facilities and all that stuff. And it takes a coach to get it done. It happened at Florida too. I mean, Florida's game day experience was atrociously boring and dull. We went and played Tennessee and it was like, holy shit, like the highlight tapes, mm. lights flickering, like the crowd's going crazy. We're, we're 15, 20 minutes before kickoff, and they're playing these highlights of these great players, Peerless Price and all these great highlights, and the crowd's going ballistic. You can barely hear in warm-ups. And then we went back to Florida at home the next week, and we went on the field, and it was like, it sounded like a golf tournament <laughs> before the game started. Now, it got loud during the game, but you're sitting here like, and Urban lost his fucking mind. I mean, they put in a new scoreboard. All this shit happened because he went nuts on the administration. Like, what are we doing? Like, fire all these people that think it's like cool two bits, three bits, dollar. Like, stand up and holler. It's like, <laughs> hang what on, in Sloopy. The hell? Like, <laughs> cool, man. Play hang on, Sloopy one more time. Hang on, Sloopy. Like, that that's cool for like the 83-year-old that's that's on the 50-yard line. But that eight, 17-year-old kid, he wants some fucking... He wants the baby playing. He wants lights flickering. He wants this bitch rocking. And that's what it's all about. Recruits and the players. And the fans will have fun too. Everybody loves a nightclub. Mm -hmm. Even the old people. They'll, they'll relive their disco days, I guess. Like they absolutely need to. And Ryan's got to push it. Because right now, all those people that work in administration, they are buck nuts. They love Ohio State. The horseshoe, the stadium, the tradition, the people, the excellence. And it's like, yeah, how about we level up though? How about we keep pushing to get better? And let's make game day better. Yeah. Go. They, they bring in this like Mickey Mouse DJ and it's like, what? Nobody wants to hear girls just want to have fun. Like, what are you playing? Hashtag hire more inner city kids. Anyway, want to move on? Go get. I'm telling you, we had the DJ. Braxton brought a DJ to, to our, our, oh, our event, yeah. DJ Leak. He's a fucking, I mean, you talk about big time. He does the Columbus crew games. He's right here in Columbus. Just make him the official DJ of the Buckeyes. That bitch will be rocking. I promise. Look him up. DJ Leak. Facts. Facts. All right. There's another question. Core elements the title teams all have. And where is Ohio State with those core elements this season so far? Well, everyone's different. The one thing that that was every year, uh, it, it was a consistent thing until last year, is you had to have elite quarterback play. So that's the first thing Ohio State needs to get. They need CJ to do the things that I've been bitching about for a year and a half, and then he will be that. He might be the best, the best one we've seen in the last five years. Who knows? He 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 could he's more talented than Joe Burrow. So he could and he, I mean he's not gonna become better than Joe Burrow, I don't think. I mean, he certainly has that ceiling, but I don't think he'll get there. But they need to develop elite quarterback play, number one. The receivers need to dominate, right? Dominate, like Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, right? They, they need to dominate man coverage, zone coverage, every fucking aspect of the game. Those two things have to happen. They have to get Travion Henderson in space, and we got to see some home run capabilities for, at running back. That's offensively. Defensively, they got to sure up the last that one corner spot. Mm -hmm. If they can get Denzel Burke to play the ball in the air, this defense is fucking, I don't want to, I almost don't want to say it, like flawless. Because he, it, I, after studying the film, I know everyone sees the ESPN highlight or the TV copy. Denzel Burke, you know, gives up another big play. This kid is so close. He is great in coverage. Granted, he hasn't went against a great receiver, but he is blanket covering these guys every route they run. It's just, he doesn't play the ball well. If they can, if he can figure that shit out or fuck it, he's not the guy, Jair Brown does it or whoever. If that, that second corner spot can get shirt up. Cam Brown's healthy at the other spot. I think this defense is damn near flawless. Heard. Super Jack questions. Thank you for the two, Alex. Has EA been a bust? Um, Yeah, I mean, you'd say so. I mean, he, he was a five-star, all everything. He was our top linebacker prospect when he went to USC, had some injuries. Yeah, the knee so injury. transferred to Ohio State, and he flashed a little bit last year. I don't know. He hadn't played this year, has he? Has he been healthy? Like, I haven't seen him one snap on film. No, he really hasn't played. But we also locked up the, those linebacker positions super, super quick. Oh, yeah. I mean, Jim Jim Knowles does not yeah. rotate guys at all. Like, last year I had an issue with him not playing because our linebacker play was bad. Like, this year yeah. he's not playing, but our linebacker play has been phenomenal. So, like, I'm yeah, – I, I got no problem yeah. with it. But, yeah, I mean, you would say he's been, he's been a bust. Yeah. Every time I bet my team, they do the opposite. <laughs> well, just bet against your team then. Well, what if he's saying he bets against them and they win? <laughs> oh, well, they – then you're happy either way, right? Win money or you win. Facts. Chris was playing instead of Russ out there. It was me. Let's ride. <laughs> oh. You guys are insane. Okay, how many games does a 2018 Ohio State team lose if Haskins doesn't have one of the greatest seasons in program history? Ooh, they definitely lose to Maryland. Um, yeah. They, I'd have to go through the schedule, but they they probably lose at least two. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, the Maryland one, that was real scary. And, and he had to go berserk for that win. So, yeah, yeah, no, they would definitely lose. Thanks, Rod. Our guy, OG Rod, thank you for the five. Zach, during your time at UF and OSU, who were the guys that would uh, win a free-for-all fight? Well, you always got to go with bigger guys, right? Like a defensive end is going to beat the shit out of a wideout. I don't care how good of a fighter he is for the most part. So, I honestly, the number one in my entire career – was Derek Harvey at Florida, the defensive end. I mean, he was, and, and he was, he's not a bad kid. Like, a, you know, you would think I would say like Aaron Hernandez, but he's not a bad kid. He just had, he had a, a switch that went off and it was like, it was like a, a bull that just sees red everywhere. Like, and he fucking, he was the one kid that if he got in a fight in practice, he'd throw like six punches in a matter of a, a blink of an eye and all six of them would land on unpadded parts of a player. Like somehow he just was like, it was like fucking Floyd May- Mayweather, like <laughs> tactical and just psychotic when when that switch went off. So Derek Harvey probably is the number one that I've seen at, at anywhere. Um, and you know, I'm sure like Percy Harvin and Riley Cooper were two of the skill kids that I, I would not ever want to cross. Um, I, Noah Brown, I probably wouldn't want to mess with. I mean, and I coached him, so I I, I certainly didn't. Uh, it's a good question. I'm trying to think of who else at Ohio State was really like that. Uh, I don't know. Honestly, honestly, Braxton. Oh, Braxton. I'm not. I'm not. He had that dog in him. Man, what about about Eli Apple? Man, I'll fight Eli right now. (laughs) Smokey, menace army. LSU about to fuck around and find out. Like pool, go volts. Dog, cue the video. Run it now. Run it right now. (laughs) Need it. LSU. Little education lesson for you about how we can find out and how much we can find out and what it takes to get there. So first we have to decide how much do we want to find out. So let's say in this case, I want to find out at a level of seven. Okay, so I find that level on my graph and I come horizontally to my gradient line. Where it intersects with my gradient line, I'm going to come straight down to where it intersects with my fuck around line. That there is going to tell me how much I have to fuck around to find out what I need to find out. See, as you can see, the more you fuck around, the more you're going to find out. And also, if you stay down here and you never fuck around, you'll never find out. So I hope this lesson is helpful. Thank you. You know, that's, you know, <laughs> that's Hypo. That's Hypo's son in that video. Yeah, right. <laughs> If Urban coaches again, does he take Mickey Marotti with him? Now, this is interesting because there's another question from the generals that I want to get to as well. If Urban coaches AM, give me one or two coaches that you think he goes and gets successfully. Well, no, I don't think Mickey would leave Ohio State. Um, I think he's very, very happy at Ohio State. I think Ryan, he's happy with Ryan. I mean, he he honestly came to Ohio State because Florida turned into a shit show, right? He was happy at Florida. I don't know that he leaves Florida for Ohio State. I mean, maybe Ohio State's a level up from Florida, but if Urban goes to Texas A&M or somewhere like that, Mickey's not leaving Ohio State for that. He is an athletic director. He's in charge of all sports performance for right. football, like all train. He, he's, he's, and Urban would get him that same title wherever he goes. But I, I just don't think Mickey would go. No. Now, who would he? I mean, he's definitely taking Corey Dennis as his quarterback coach. To, I mean, can, it's his son-in-law. Can, can Corey even say no? <laughs> no, fuck no. Corey can't say no. Corey's going. I mean, there's no, I mean, daddy's calling Corey's going, that, that's happening. So he's calling Corey Dennis. He's taking Corey Dennis. That's a guarantee. Um, probably going to take Pantone. I don't know if Pantone would go, but he's definitely going to try to take Pantone. Um, and if not, I'll tell you who else he would hire is Aaron Hodges. Who's at TCU off the field right now, but wants to get on the field. So you might hire him as a position coach or just put him in charge of all recruiting. I don't know if Aaron would do that. Um, trying to think, he would pr- he would probably have to hire Louis Adazio because Steve would would force that on him at, at some level. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think of who else at Ohio State. I don't think he's Tony's not going. Uh, Justin's not going. Kevin Wilson wouldn't go. You think Coombs Coombs would go? Coombs Coombs. Um, no, I don't think Kerry would go. I don't know that Urban would hire him either. Um, I you know he's not LJ Larry Johnson's not going. Um, and he doesn't know any other guys, Jim Knowles or Perry Eliano Durkin? or Tim Walton. Can he, can he get Durkin to Annan? Oh, Dur- Durkin's already at Annan. Oh, yeah, you're so right. He would, just, he would, he would retain Durkin, retain Steve Adazio, mm-hmm. retain, um, Eli- I think it's Elijah Robinson, the, yeah, the D-line yeah, coach. Robinson. He would retain all th- those three, add Corey Dennis, 
And I don't know. I have to, I'll have to think about a staff that he would put together. The guy he should hire is Sean Cronin, who's a linebacker or D-line coach, I think, at Army right now. He knows him really well, really good football coach. Um, I don't, maybe we'll do that. Mm-hmm. One, one, maybe in the bye week, we'll do an Urban Meyer staff episode. It, no, here, here's what we'll do. The day that Jimbo gets fired, we will do the Urban Meyer staff episode, and we'll make it go fucking viral. That's what we'll do. Love it. Um, Love it. All right, another, another mailbag. <laughs> Who are the ideal candidates to fill the, big, the spots in the Big Ten? Is 18 where the Big Ten should stop, or should it go for 20 and west to east coast? So what do they have? They're going to have 16 right now slotted. So I think you add four more to get to 20. Um, And, and, I mean, the conversation's been had over and over again. I think that um, it would be huge if they could add Miami, though I don't think it's a fit culturally. I mean, the the university certainly is, but, you know – I mean, I guess it's it's hard to say it's not because it's a high academic school, private school. It's you know they're they're competitive in pretty much all sports. I mean, they're not great in basketball, but you know the, Miami would be a good brand to to dip all the way down into South Florida, and that would be massive for recruiting for the Big Ten too. Mm-hmm. I would add them. I would add Washington. I would add Oregon, and so now you really push the West Coast. You grab a Southern team, and then I mean Notre Dame's got to be the other one. Yeah. If you grab Notre Dame, you add those four. You imagine adding Washington, massive fan base, Oregon, Nike money out the ass, Notre Dame, one of the, the most international brands in college football, and Miami, a South Florida footprint. I mean, the, the Big Ten instantly is, I mean, huge. Yeah. It's the show. I think I think I would try to get to 22. I would add, um, like you said, Miami and Notre Dame. Um, I would add Utah and Oregon. Um, and then I would add Washington and, and – um, and Boston College, if they would go, and then maybe Stanford. So that, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, wise, I haven't heard anything though. It's been pretty quiet during the season. Hey, I got to pause this. I see Corey Dennis slander in the chat, and I won't have that. That's my old my old assistant. And you can't you can't you can't blame Justin Fields being soft on Corey. Corey coached Dwayne Haskins, Justin Fields. Like Corey's a good coach, and he's trying to get CJ to do it. He, CJ just won't do it. Like, and what are you going to do? Bench him? The fucking kid was in New York City last year mm-hmm. as a soft kid. Like he's going to be in New York city this year. Like that's going to happen whether he does this shit or not. He's probably going to be in New York city. I mean, 18 touchdown passes. He's like the, has the best numbers in the country for, you know, anyone outside of Mike Leach's offense other than Hendon hooker. I don't know why we're slandering Corey Dennis. (laughs) Like we wouldn't slander uh, Ryan day for, you know, I don't know. That's the same thing. Um, Did Maggiano call plays back in 2007? I have always had a hard time understanding how uh, KU's, Best season of all time was the year Ed Warner became their OC. First of all, it's Mangino, Chris. Mangino. We got to get well history class or something. Yeah, 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 wait, I can I can see the face though. Actually, I got to know that. Fuck, it's like he looked like a blueberry on the sideline every game, just yeah. fucking mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge, and he absolutely called every play. Ed, and that's and I and and what's funny is is it, that's from that that Mike Leach system, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's throw it all over like, the place is the play, and that's why Ed couldn't call plays. Honestly, like it's part of it's not his fault. The offense he came up in and really achieved success in was an offense where you didn't have to call plays. You just designed the offense, and the kids had to memorize. Mm-hmm. One means this play, which is fucking awful teaching, yeah. and that's not. They said it was like it was like the two word offense. Yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, menu nine. That was a play. Like so, he couldn't call play to Ohio State because we actually put thought into the teaching aspect of it. How kids perceive, like how their their brain processes information, and tried to make it as player friendly as we could. So we called like Trey right up sixteen blast, or you know, and the pass plays were longer. That's what he really couldn't wrap his head around because we're trying to tell the formation where to line up, what the what the number is for the offensive line, what the play style is, so everyone understood the full picture concept as opposed to menu three. And you're like, oh fuck, what was menu three? <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he didn't call the plays. No, Mangino called the plays. DG sucks. Russell Wilson has held the ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's bad. It is bad. Zach, tell me who was the fastest player, Lewis Mercy or Percy Harvin? You always get I mean, Murph, Murph could run, but Percy's the fastest player I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. He was faster than anyone. There's been so many super chats on that particular question, Zach. I, th- I think I've heard you answer it a million times. Like Percy is the fastest. Like, like the the coach of the what the Junior Olympics and Olympic sprint team wanted him. Yeah, the the Olympic sprinter coach for the United States of America was Florida's head track coach, and he said like Percy went out and ran the four by one with Chris Rainey, Jeff Demps, and then a track kid, and he was like Percy Harvin's the fastest kid I've ever coached. He coached the fucking Olympics, the, the USA Olympic team. Absurd. Now he didn't coach Usain Bolt because he's not an American, but he coached some fast guys, to say the least. 
This is about the Guardians. The logo or name should have never changed. I agree. And that's why I don't care that they're in the playoffs. Fuck the Guardians. I don't even know what a Guardian is. Guardian Angel? Uh, that's cute. I'm going I'm to get cooked for this. Chris really said Draymond does less on the basketball court than Jordan Poole. I know it's a football show, but I still can't have bad basketball takes. Yeah. Okay, so Listen, I don't I don't like the NBA. I don't watch the NBA. It could be a great take or a bad take. Don't know. I, I, that's why you'll never hear me say shit other than I don't really like Draymond. Well, I, I, not, I, he could he could be a fantastic player. I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah, I, I I love hoops. Um, and Draymond does do a lot, but I feel like because of his personality, he's more of a glorified um hustle player. Yeah, he does a, a decent job distributing, but I mean, I don't give guys a ton of credit for distributing to Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. Um, but when Jordan Poole can go out there and give you 20 points a game for the back half of the season and especially scoring 20, 30 points in the playoffs, I will take that. I'm a guy that loves scoring more than I love the guy that averages eight points and eight assists, if I'm being completely honest. So that's kind of my take on that. And I also do have more of an affinity for scorers than I do for the hustle players. Um, so that, that's where I'm at with, with Draymond. Definitely Hall of Famer, but that, that's my take. Am I crazy for thinking Utah is really good? Connor Baker, thanks for the two. I mean, I wouldn't say really good. I mean, I think they got caught by a Florida team when when AR-15, when Anthony Richardson was on. Mm -hmm. And it's a very different Florida team than when he's off. I mean, you just look at the Utah game compared to the Kentucky game. When he's off, Florida's not any good. When he's on, Florida's, Florida's a really good team. <clears throat> so, uh, yes, you're wrong. Utah is not really good, but I think they are a good football team, and I think they could beat uh, UCLA. I think they will beat UCLA. Tom, thanks for the five. Zach, with how awful the West is, are you buying into Illinois? Have you studied them much this season? Go Bucks! Keep up the awesome work, guys. Thanks, Tom. I appreciate that. No, you know what? And I will. I'll actually reach out and get some Illinois film today because I, I want to. And I got a hard time because I fucking hate Burt Bielema so much. <laughs> but he, you know, he's proven he can, he's he's a decent coach. He did it at Wisconsin. I'll be at Barry Alvarez built that program. He just kind of carried it on. But I'm impressed with Illinois. They're better than I thought they were going to be. But um, I, I'm going to have to watch the film to see if they're – I mean, the West is so bad. Cody, the number one degenerate, our guy. Bama is number one in PR yards at 423, almost 200 more yards in the second. Sub to the Patreon. Sub to Cody. Cody's the number one degenerate in our group chat on the general level. Come be a general. Come hang out in the group chat. Again, money back guarantee if you don't like it. Dang, when I – so I missed another super chat. I can't see it because I blocked one of the accounts in, so it's covered up. What was it? I don't know. I can't see it. It's like right below Rod's message. All right. Well, I got I got this one. You didn't you didn't hit. Okay, Which yeah, offense? That's, that's the one. That's one that got covered up. Twenty nineteen LSU, twenty twenty Bama, or the twenty one twenty two OSU. I honestly think the twenty one twenty two OSU is third of those three. I'm taking Joe Burrow LSU one. Um, that twenty twenty Bama offense two. A lot of a reason. I mean, they had they had Devontae Smith, a Heisman Trophy winning receiver who was outstanding, but Sark was just. A, a magician. Mm. I mean, his his play calling was fucking fabulous. So I'm taking 2020 Bama, and I and I'm not I'm not taking this OSU offense until I see CJ do the things that I watched Bryce Young do and Joe Burrow do. I mean, it's just comes down to quarterback play. And I mean, think about it. Now, last year's offense, I'll put it three 2022 OSU. I'm not putting even in the top ten yet because last year Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Jackson Smith and Jigba, CJ Stroud played better than he's playing now. I mean, you had all of that. But I mean, 2019 LSU, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Joe Burrow, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, like, and Randy Moss's kid is the tight end. By the way, side note, <laughs> 2020 Bama was loaded as well. Like, I'm just not, I'm not there yet with this 2022 offense. 2021 deserves to be number three, though. Yeah, I got you. I'm, I'm not really going to push back on that. I, I think I do like the personnel more on the uh, 2021 Ohio State team than I like on the 2020 um, Bama team. Um, if Jalen Waddle was healthy all the way through, I probably would have picked that. But I like the personnel wise on the on the twenty twenty one team. But that's all I got for today. Zach, got anything else you want to hit? No, that's it. I appreciate everybody. Go check out Prize Picks, PrizePicks.com. Promo code Menace. All your fantasy plays, build them, build them up, combine them. Ten bucks to win eighty, shit like that. Go check it out. PrizePicks.com. Promo code Menace. Free deposit match. We out here. Menace out.